Section 30 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds. The Storerooms. The reader has already seen and heard enough to be fully aware that Thomas Rainford was a man of undaunted courage, nor did he now tremble when he found himself mured, as it were, in that subterranean, along with a character so full of cunning and malignity as old death. Although completely ignorant of the dark and gloomy locality, to which he had been brought, and well aware that his companion was quite capable of the fullest treachery, the highwayman followed the old fence with so firm a step, and whistled away in a manner indicative of such utter recklessness of danger, that his guide was himself astonished at so much daring. But Rainford was keenly observant of all the movements of his companion, and resolutely as he walked, he was nevertheless careful in following as precisely as possible in the steps of all death, so that he might not be entrapped by any pitfall in that gloomy place. On his part, all death proceeded at a somewhat rapid pace, shading the light with his hand so as to protect it from the strong current of air which rushed through the passage. This passage, or long subterranean vault, was about ten feet wide and six high. It was walled and arched with rough stone, and paved with huge flags. The masonry at the sides and overhead was green with the damp, and even by the fitful light of the candle, Rainford could perceive that this strange place must have been in existence for many, many years. And here and there he observed little niches in the wall, and in one there was the remnant of an image of the Saviour on the cross. It instantly flashed to the mind of the highwayman that this sinister-looking subterranean had once been connected with some monastic establishment, and his imagination suggested that he was probably treading on the very place where the victims of ancient popish tyranny had been confined and left to perish through famine. Old Death and Tom Rain had proceeded about sixty yards, as well as the latter could guess, along the vaulted passage when the former suddenly stopped and the highwaymen perceived that their farther progress was barred by a huge door studded with iron knobs. You are now about to enter my sanctuary, as I may call it, said Old Death, turning abruptly around on Rainford. And again I ask you what guarantee I have that you will not betray me. The same security which I have that you will not prove treacherous to me, answered Tom. 
Old Death hesitated for a few moments, as if he were about to make another observation, but yielding to a second thought, which most probably showed him the inutility of farther remonstrance, he proceeded to unbar the massive door. It opened inwards, and led to a spiral flight of stone steps, up which the two men mounted, Rainford having previously secured the door, which had huge bolts on each side. Having ascended some forty steps, Old Death, who went first, placed the candle in a niche, and pushed up a trap-door, which immediately admitted a strong current of air. But the precaution observed in respect to the light prevented it from being extinguished. I ought to have brought a lantern with me, by rights, murmured Old Death, but come along. You go on first, said Rainford, and I'll take care of the candle. No, give it to me, replied Bones hastily, and he extended his hand to grasp it. But Rainford hit him a hard blow on the wrist with the butt end of his pistol, and then seized the candle. What did you do that for? demanded Old Death savagely. Because I suspect you of treachery, returned the highwayman in a severe tone. But remember, I am well armed, and at the least appearance of evil intent on your part, I fire. You are wrong, Tom, my dear fellow, said Old Death coaxingly, as he still lingered at the top of the steps. Well, I may be, and I shall be glad to find that I am, exclaimed Tom, and now lead on. Old Death ascended the few remaining steps, and Rainford followed with his pistol in one hand and the candle in the other. They were now in a small room, furnished as a bedchamber, and when Old Death had let down the trap-door again, he unrolled and spread a small carpet over it. This is your residence, said Rainford inquiringly. The old man nodded a grim assent. And your storerooms are in this house? For I can perfectly well understand that we have come into another house, and by the direction of the subterranean, I should say it must be in Red Lion Street. You know London well, said Old Death. I do, replied Rainford. Although you lived so long in the country, added Bones. Right again, old fellow, exclaimed Tom, and now for a farther insight into the mysteries of your abode. With these words, the highwayman approached a door on one side of the room, but Old Death, hastily advancing towards another door, said, This way, Tom, this way. There is nothing in that quarter worth seeing. But the ancient fence seemed agitated, and this was not lost upon his companion. Well, as you choose, observed the latter, resuming his careless, off-hand manner, lead on. Bones had already opened the door, and he now conducted the highwayman into a spacious apartment, surrounded by shelves, whereon were ranged an assortment of articles of the most miscellaneous description. Clothes and chinaware, candlesticks, plated and silver, all carefully 
wrapped up in paper, piles of silk pocket handkerchiefs, and heaps of linen garments, carpet bags and portmanteaus, every species of haberdashery, silk dresses and cotton gowns, velvet pelisses and shawls of all gradations of value, muffs, tippets and bows, ladies' shoes and gentlemen's boots, looking-glasses and candelabra, lamps and pictures, tea-urns and costly vases, meerschaum pipes and dressing-cases, immense quantities of cutlery, piles of printing paper, saddles and bridles, in short, an infinite variety of articles to detail which would occupy whole pages. Your magazine is crowded, old fellow, said Rainford, who, even while surveying the curious place in which he found himself, did not the less keep a strict watch upon his companion. Are you satisfied now? demanded old death. Not quite, answered Rainford. You must have another room where you keep your jewellery and all those kind of things. What kind of things? asked Bones sharply. Oh, things that require to be packed away with caution, to be sure, replied Tom Rain. For an instant, the old man cast upon him a glance of searching inquiry, as if to penetrate into the most sacred profundities of his soul. But the highwayman affected to be very intent in his contemplation of a picture, and the countenance of the fence grew more composed. Well, said Rainford, after a few moments' pause, there is no use in delaying the matter. I must and will make myself acquainted with every nook of this place. All death moved towards the door, facing the one by which they entered the apartment, and Rainford was conducted into a smaller room, but fitted up with shelves like the first. On those shelves were several boxes, of various dimensions and numerous jewel cases wrapped up in paper. Watches and plate, I suppose, said Rainford, pointing to the boxes. Something in that way, Tom, replied Old Death. Would you like to see any of them? No, thank you, was the answer. I am not particularly curious in that respect. Then as he appeared to glance casually round the room, his eyes dwelt for an instant upon an iron safe let into the wall. Well, have you seen enough? asked Old Death. It's getting very late. It must be early, you mean, replied the highwayman with a smile. But still there is time for the business that I have in hand, he added, his manner suddenly changing to seriousness. Old Death glanced towards him uneasily. Indeed, for some time, the fans had been suspecting that Rainford had an ulterior object in view, independent of the mere wish to become acquainted with his abode, and vague alarms now filled his mind. What could the highwayman mean? Was he other than he seemed? Did he intend to betray him? All these ideas rushed rapidly through the imagination of the horrible old man, and though he had formed a plan whereby to avenge himself on the only individual who had ever yet dared to coerce him, he trembled lest 
he should be unable to put it into execution. He knew that Rainford was a man of dauntless bravery, and believed him to be a desperate one, and now he found himself completely in this formidable person's power. Not that all death lacked courage himself, and he certainly was not deficient in treachery, but he wanted the strength, the physical strength, to maintain a deadly struggle with the highwayman, if it should come to that. Thus was it that for the first time, perhaps, the hardened miscreant trembled for his life. To throw open the window and call for assistance in case of danger was to invite the entrance of persons who would discover all the mysteries of his abode, and death were an alternative scarcely more frightful. Yes, there is time enough for the business that I have on hand, repeated Rainford, his countenance assuming so stern, so determined an expression that old death trembled with a colder shudder than before. What do you mean? What is that, that, stammered old death? Sit down there, on that seat, thundered the highwayman, pointing imperiously to a chair. Sit down, I say, or by heaven, this pistol. Well, I will, I will, Tom, said Bones, perceiving the deadly weapon levelled point-blank at his heart, and he sank into the chair accordingly. But do tell me if I have offended you, if... Hold your tongue, ejaculated Rainford, in so authoritative a manner that the ancient villain's powers of utterance were suddenly paralysed. And now mark me, continued the highwayman, I have a certain task to perform, which nothing save a superior physical strength on your part can prevent. But in the first place, it's necessary that I should bind you, that I should render you incapable of molesting me. Old Death was unable to reply, but he stared with vacant terror on the individual, whose proceedings were alike so mysterious and so alarming. Rainford took a coil of rope from a bale of goods that stood upon the table, and with extraordinary rapidity proceeded to fasten all death's arms and legs to the chair, uttering terrible menaces the whole time that this oppression lasted, while the appalling state of the aged fancy's mind was indicated only by low moans and convulsive movements of uneasiness. Having made fast the end of the rope to the iron bars of the fireplace in such a manner that all death could not shift the chair beyond the length of the tether thus formed, Rainford leaned himself against the table and proceeded to address his prisoner. End of section 30